Welcome to the Year It Got Better podcast. Join me, your host, Paige Bryan, as I share uplifting and honest stories of how my depression, anxiety, and ADHD changed my life. Each week, we'll delve into new topics and share how it all got better. Join me for a better life. Hi, everyone, and we're back. I know it's been a long few weeks, but that's what happens with life. Um, Today, I wanted to talk about uh, specifically dating and how my ADHD has impacted that and, you know, the way that ADHD prevents uh, rejection sensitivity and also emotional deregulation. And those two things are going to be really paramount topics for today's episode. I'm going to dive a little into my past relationship and how the breakup impacted my day. Well, not even my day, my months and my weeks and how I'm still working to find my way through it. So let's just dive in. So in February of 2020, I was turning 23, and something had felt off about my birthday that day. I was going towards, I was walking to a bar, and I was on the phone with my sister, and I was like, you know, something feels wrong, something feels off about today, I don't know what it is, I don't know why, and at that time, my ex had spent his day trying to get his car fixed, and was showing up late to my birthday, and I thought it was fine, you know, things happen, there's only so much you can do, especially when, you know, you're a car owner and, you know, being the empathetic person that I was, I didn't think too much of it. And it was really just like another regular day for us. The following weekend, we were uh, traveling up north to go spend time in the Catskills together. And that weekend had also been feeling, had also felt a little off. Um, and it was just like these little moments that felt feeling weird and these little moments that kept feeling like something between us was disconnected and dysregulated. And I'd put a lot of time into talking to my therapist about how uh, I could better find ways to cope in my relationship and the ways that I could show up for myself in a way that felt honest and realistic. Uh, and so at that time, I'd presented that maybe we could do more hobbies together, things that would allow us to spend time together that would be outside of the house watching TV and watching movies um, because that was something that we had done a lot together. But, uh, you know, then came this party that we had gone to and there was a girl there that I happened to not like because I felt that she was into my boyfriend at the time and I had had a lot of anxiety and stress around her presence. And so during that, I had been starting to experience a lot of difficulties in managing my emotions. I was getting anxious. I was getting stressed out. I was acting out. And, you know, that all came to a head. And it ultimately left me crying on the side of the street and my ex saying that he couldn't do this anymore, that he didn't want to, like, keep going through these same uh, issues. And so he left me there and I was in China, Chinatown, you know, wailing like a baby because of what had happened. And without getting really into all of that and into the relationship, it was really painful. It was so hard to have someone that you loved suddenly decide that they wanted nothing to do with you anymore. And it also feel like it was entirely your fault and that nothing you could have done, could have said or done, uh, or nothing you'd done or said could have changed how the actions were. And that was kind of just the beginning of like the end for us. And 
I should have known in that moment that that was where our relationship had ended. And I still had hope that maybe we would still be able to get back together, that we would get past this, that things would, you know, change for us. And, you know, we would be able to come back and, you know, talk about it and work it out. But that was a very naive thought of mine. I knew that in our relationship, talking things out and trying to find a common ground of why things upset us and why things were angering us was not something that we were good at. Um, my ex really shied away from having hard conversations, and it was something that I didn't know how to have as well at that time. I had spent a lot of time uh, racking my brain about what I could have done different and going through the what ifs and the shoulds of how I could have uh, handled myself better, but that was all in the past and there wasn't anything that I could do to change it. So moving forward into that week, we hadn't spoken. I had called him and he said that he wanted to take time away. He wanted to take time and understand, uh, new, understand like where he wanted to go with this and like what he should do. And in that moment, I also should have known that that was the end of our relationship. But there was so much happening in my head and in my heart at that time that I just still kept holding out hope. I still kept fighting for that chance for, uh, you know, us coming back together because it was someone that I had really loved. And in this, my, I was still undiagnosed with ADHD. So a lot of the things that I was experiencing were rejection sensitivity and I was collapsing in on myself. I was having panic attacks at work. I wasn't able to get through the day. I would be crying suddenly. I'd be checking my phone constantly. I would just be in this place where I would be emotionally fighting for my life every single day, trying to figure out, like, what is he going to do? What is he going to say? Like, you know, he hasn't checked in on me. He hasn't said anything. He refuses to talk to me. You know, why did I do this? Why did I do this? Why did I do this? And this is still just, like, the same week of us breaking up. This doesn't even like start with us actually having that phone call. And so a week goes by and a lot happens. At one point I lost my his AirPods and that sent me into another spiral because nothing's worse than losing your ex-boyfriend's AirPods at the gym. Um, then finally like the Sunday comes and it's been officially like a week since we've talked to each other and uh, he does break up with me and he says, you know, he can't do it anymore. It's too much. Just, you know, and all of the different things that kind of go together with someone who is, you know, like not emotionally mature and someone who it's not in a place for them to talk and understand and share about their life with other people in a way that's healthy and communicative. Um, so from there is that kind of begins like this this hardship that I went through for about months. And this is where like me having ADHD really came into play. Um, I didn't understand how this could have happened. I was in this place of denial, still thinking we could get back together, you know, maybe uh, uh, get back together at some point in the future. And it's been three years now, so obviously that's kind of out of the window. But, you know, you never know what God has in store for you. So, like, during this time, I ran out of things that I would I could do. And while I was having my panic attacks, I turned to God. You know, I was praying every day for a different answer for God to, like, take me from the emotions and the sadness that I was experiencing, that God would take me from 
all of this pain and heartbreak and that he would give me back the person that I loved, that he would give me an answer to why this was happening and why I felt like I was, like, you know, this imperfect person who couldn't even maintain a relationship. Um, it was just all of these things that I didn't know how how to deal with for the first time in my life. And I had experienced, like, you know, heartbreak and, like, situationships ending but there was nothing had prepared me for what it would be like to lose someone that like I was in love with and that I knew had loved me back and kind of all the tests and trials that we'd gone through in our relationship showing that it wasn't strong enough to you know get through other things and I had to talk through my therapist with it and a lot of the things that she said now makes sense but at that time like I wasn't able to understand or process it and it was difficult for me to understand that this was like this end of the line for him and that like the finally like a hard boundary had been crossed and for me it was upsetting because I was tired of him putting his co-workers and his, how people viewed him uh over how our relationship was and how how I viewed him and how he viewed himself and so we were not meant to be together we were not meant to go on for further than that because we were just not in the place where we could support each other and so now that I've finally like come to terms with the fact that our relationship is done I kind of went into another spiral and this is when the pandemic started so during the pandemic I had flown back to Florida I was still living in New York at that time and I had spent so much time with my parents and they were completely worried about me like i had taken the rejection of my ex-boyfriend so hard that it was impossible for me to work it was impossible for me to be a person i was you know crying in the shower i was fainting i was taking you know like all of like everything to heart in a way that didn't that prevented me from being able to to move on emotionally and there was a lot of pain that I was holding up and storing in myself that I didn't know how to regulate and what to do with and so the emotional deregulation that I was experiencing was like on another level there would be times where I would wouldn't be able to sleep because I'd be crying all night where I wouldn't be able to you know eat and articulate my feelings like I would just kind of go through these like throes of pain and at that time, I had started journaling. I had started trying to take care of myself, but it wasn't enough. I wasn't taking the steps I needed to to emotionally heal myself. I had shown a lot of pain, and I didn't know where to put that pain and how to process it. Um, my parents were really scared for me because they had never experienced my depression to that degree. And my depression had gotten to a point where I... I was just kind of like comatose. I lost my job because of it. I lost my ability to take care of myself. Like I haven't been able to come back from the pain that I was in back in 2020 in several years. And 2020 was such a hard year for everyone that, you know, the combination of isolation and heartbreak just left me in this place of ruin. And having ADHD means that you're more likely to be depressed with the breakup. You're more likely to be, uh, like, experience, like, anger and sadness. And I had just gone through all of these emotions that I didn't know how to deal with. 
I had spent all of this time kind of working to build this relationship and working on myself and working on how am I supposed to act and be and what could I do and fix about myself that would make me more palatable, like more lovable, more of a person that someone would want me to be with. And those things weren't enough. And by that, I started to take that I wasn't enough, that I wasn't someone that they was worthy of love, that I wasn't someone who would be able to kind of go forth and have like the romance that I was seeing in my friends and the romance that I was seeing on TV and on TikToks and in books that I just wasn't worthy of anything and that my unworthiness stemmed from the fact that I was broken inside. And this brokenness really kind of took hold on my life and this kind of like drowned me. There'd be times where I'd be sitting on my patio with my dad and I'd be sobbing my eyes out, you know, trying to figure out like what's wrong with me, like what could I do better, like why am I living my life this way, like why is it so hard for me to be able to, you know, just find someone who wants to be with me and who wants to give, you know, their all in the same way that I want to give my all to them. And it was really hard. It, it was super, super hard to get through that year. And even then, like, there'd be times where, and this went on for months, where I would say, like, my my, my sister, um, my sister, like, would be, like, worried about me, like, if I took a shower, like, she'd be there to make sure that I didn't faint, you know, after having fainted twice, just from not eating and, you know, not taking care of myself, um, there was a real, like, stress level that I wouldn't be able to, like, go, go forth with life and that I was just kind of, like, on this, like, precipice of finally, like, kind of, like, like, petering out and just, like, losing it and I was still on medications at that time that's when I had started my anti-anxiety medication and those arguably weren't strong enough to take care of what I was going through and I had focused a lot of my time on prayer and trying to find my relationship with Jesus because I felt so empty and you know when you find emptiness you know the only place that you should go or the only way that you're able to fill that up is through the word of God and I'd spent a lot of time trying to, you know, find that relationship, build that relationship, talk with my dad, talk with my mom, to find ways to, you know, connect with my therapist about what was happening. And there'd just been so much in my life that I didn't know how to deal with and handle that just left me like broken. And I was a shell of a person. I had just kind of cauterized the wound and left it bleeding on the inside. And that was not something that kind of like saves you from having hardship and it doesn't prevent you from going through um, pain and uh, sensitivity again. And so I had to heal myself through that. But then after the following year in 2021, I felt like I had to then reclaim my body and myself. And I tried to heal myself through sexually putting myself out there through drinking and partying and none of that helped either and that goes into a whole nother section of trying to handle your depression is that you're going to go in these different directions and go in these different ways that don't really like fit or solve the problem at hand when the problem is really just like 
you opening up with yourself and taking a hard look at what those pain points are and what those problems are. And sometimes, you know, it's difficult to look yourself in the mirror and look yourself in the eye and say, you know, like, you're the cause of the problems that you're going through in life and that, like, you need to find something that will help you and give you the time and the blessings and the the love that you've been so desperately looking for because you're not going to find that love, you know, looking up other trees, you know, you can only find it in your garden and the garden that you build for yourself. And so I'm talking about my kind of journey and finding myself after the breakup, like this was also hard because I didn't realize that I had ADHD and I was kind of trying different things, going different places. I would you know, leave my apartment in the middle of the night to go see guys. I would, you know, come home and then, you know, leave right away. I would, you know, have a drink every night. I started smoking a lot more and I, you know, spent almost a whole year of my life like completely like self-medicating in this cloud that I thought would kind of fix me and that would give me better understanding and better clarity. And through all of this, I was able to get two new jobs and I was still like not in a place that I needed to be. And, you know, with dating, you know, I kept looking for people who would fulfill this void, who would give me answers to myself, who would try and who would do for me what I couldn't do for myself. And that was not, uh, that wasn't, that wasn't what I needed. That wasn't what I had been searching for. And what I'd been searching for was a relationship with God, a relationship with myself that was authentic and owned. And in my depression, I had really lost a lot of myself that I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what interested me. I didn't know what made me feel whole. I didn't know what I could do. And I thought that having a partner, that finding someone else and, you know, like taking on like their, the like that need to love them would somehow re-spark the things about me that I needed. And even now, like, it's hard for me to date and have relationships because I feel like this level of uh, uninterest that a lot of these people are not, you know, matching up or giving me the the things that I've been looking for, that they're not, you know, checking the boxes. And I get bored so easily. And that's like a whole nother aspect of, you know, having this this uh, relationship is that, you know, you're working towards uh, trying to, you know, heal yourself, but also you're not taking... Sorry, my cat had closed out the window and stopped the recording. Um, This is what happens when you record with pets in the room. They are so well-loved, but they are a complete and absolute nuisance. But as I was saying, uh, in trying to find relationships now, I find that I'm not in a place where I thought I would be able to, or I thought I would be, you know, it's been three years and I'm still not feeling this kind of love for myself. And I'm still getting like this, like, kind of like perpetual like feeling of loneliness like this pervasive feeling that I'm still not in a place where I am valued and 
those are things that are hard to organize and deal with and take care of within yourself. Uh, A lot of dating has been for me is me just kind of trying to sexually satisfy myself and, you know, ignoring the fact that, you know, having intimate relationships with people is something that you need to take seriously and that you can't just have a relationship with anyone and expect it to kind of fulfill you regardless of how good the sex is and even especially during those moments um not to blind yourself by these kind of emotions but all of this is to say that with ADHD like dating is something that takes a lot of time and personal perseverance like you need to really understand yourself and remember that like you're not broken like you're not whole uh you're just a person who uh you're not broken you're whole without a person to tell you and fulfill like complete you like the only completeness you need you know is christ and that is kind of like the message that I've been trying to give myself. Obviously, not everyone who listens to this is going to be religious or Christian, but that's just kind of how I am doing life for my story. And like, those are the mantras that I tell myself. Um, and, you know, there are so many other ways to be able to try and fulfill, you know, like those lost parts of yourself. But the best way to do it is to, you know, take time for meditation, take time for silence. Like in my last episode about, you know, healing and how to change your relationship with yourself, like spending time with the Lord will fulfill those empty parts of yourself, will fill those parts of yourself that you felt are unloved because you're going to understand that he loves you regardless of your imperfections. And, you know, in the ways that some people can't love you because you know you forget to do things or you show up late all the time or you know you take emotions very seriously and you know you have these experiences that really like define you because of your mental illness like god is not going to stop loving you or abandon you because of these things and that's the most important thing that his relationship is the most powerful relationship you could have and um that it's kind of like the biggest takeaway and i follow a a small like instagram account called the mini adhd coach and and for her um she talks about uh adhd awareness and tools and i've found that it's been really like helpful you know, uh, they have, she has topics on everything and like her topic on ADHD and dating is really what inspired me to do this. And, you know, like reading an excerpt, like, you know, ADHD can impact many social aspects of our lives, including dating, you know, you sometimes like you can zone out during a conversation, which makes it hard for you to focus you can be distracted by many things. You can struggle to think about anything else. And I found that this has been something like I obsess with when I have a new partner that I just like am dialed into them in a way that's unhealthy. Um, 
I quickly get bored of a crush. And, you know, like some people like that, that has been like the biggest thing is how quickly I for I move on that I don't have uh, that I don't have this like ability to stay like included, like in not included, but I don't know how to have this like way to stay uh, invested when I've already like made this like sometimes like I'll have a crush and I'll move, move on like really quickly and I'll move into the, this new space uh, of where I'm like, okay, like I'm bored, like I'm over it. I'm, you know, looking to have a new experience and that's like the, the hardest thing. And, you know, for, uh, for what I mentioned in the beginning of emotional like dysregulation, like the definition for that is a term used to describe an emotional response that is poorly regulated and does not fall within the traditional accepted range of emotion. So like a lot of this is related to having like depression and having ADHD. And I definitely say like in my breakup I had emotional dysregulation where my response to my breakup was so poorly regulated and so outside the traditional emotional reaction that I was experiencing mood fluctuations mood swings and like all of these different things um there was like so many times that I felt like I couldn't control like who I was that I was uh just like a barely a person that I was just kind of my emotions and things would happen and I would just kind of like swim away on them. Um, things like that. And, you know, this uh, a blog that I follow a lot, Attitude, called uh, Inside the ADHD Mind, that, uh, you know, like, emotional dysregulation, like, of is like an ADHD uh, happens when you know, cause when you know that uh, things are upsetting you, but like some examples of this are like ADHD impair, like impairs the ability to regulate emotion, to regulate feelings, anger, anxiety, sadness, and other feelings. And the result are these overblown extreme emotional reactions to small setbacks or challenges. So you can imagine being broken up with and that leading to me being depressed for almost a full year for me, like being unable to, to keep myself together for months on end that, you know, all of these different emotional things are trying to, you know, work itself out inside of me, but there's no place to let it go. And like this like overwhelming urge just to like scream and cry and be upset. And so I saw all of these things and all of them I thought was just like me being unable to be a person that I was just too broken, that I was too un unlovable and that I was just like this huge burden. But all of that was because of my ADHD and all of the responses that I had had to my breakup, all of the responses that I had had to prior to us breaking up, like they were, were just undiagnosed uh, ADHD undiagnosed ADHD and just the different ways that it manifested in my life and having 
being like rejection sensitive and having emotional dysregulation are two really hard parts about having ADHD and dating. And, you know, the only way that you can get through it is to go through the go through it and I'm really happy to say that my medications have made a huge difference on my life and you know the different ways that I'm now able to kind of like gently process my emotions that I'm able to be rejected and I'll I'll cry but I won't like take it to heart for like days on end like maybe just like a few days <laughs> but it won't be like a week or a month that I'm sitting here and also I have to remember like alcohol is such like a big impairer of your moods and your judgment so like watching how much I drink and the different things like that that I'm learning and working with myself to be a better person and kinder person to myself and as I heal and go through things like I will eventually be able to find my person because I know that I'm in a better place to handle uh, the different things that are coming my way and I'm in a better place to not react in a way that's coming from a place of anger and ADHD is something that you know makes you special and makes you kind of a superhero in your own right but it can also be really difficult to have so that is my my piece for today on how dating and ADHD is really hard but also it can lead to a lot of different challenges and as your emotions get to settle and as your emotions begin to settle and everything else begins to find its way together, you know, you'll be able to make your way through what happens in your life and you'll be able to get through it. Um, don't think of, you know, your brain and body as two separate things. Think of them as one. And so the more you take care of your brain, you're also taking care of your body. And, you know, the more you move and exercise and work through things, when they're having bad days, the better it'll be. And rejection is just redirection. You know, you can take rejection and you can take the the redirection and you can find something to make a positive out of it. Because if you get rejected by someone, they're not rejecting you as a person. They're protecting themselves from something that they know is not what they need. And, you know, you also do that. Like, you reject other people and reject things that you don't feel like are fit. So it's not because you're wrong or you're incomplete it's purely because you're still working to find the right person and you know god will bring you that person along and things will come together in the way they're supposed to be so don't view things as you know the crushing blow to your sanity or a crushing blow to like who you are as an individual everything will work out and i can say this because you know this year has gotten so much better for me and now we're in 2023 I can say like in 2022, like I gave up having sex, I gave up smoking, I gave up um, drinking a lot, and I've been so much more for the better for it. And I can safely say like I'm going into another year bringing in these same tools and habits and making sure that I'm now adding on working out and, you know, spending time with the Lord and doing these other things and spending time with my friends that you know, lessen the blows and like regulate myself in a way that's important. So, you know, there are different ways that you're able to take care of yourself. But this has been a long-winded way of saying you will be okay. And ADHD is something that really controls your life, but in a way that if you 
give it the power, it'll take it away from you. But if you take the power back, you're able to show yourself that you are stronger than you thought you ever could be. That's all, folks. Thank you for joining me again as I share stories and lessons from my mental health journey. See you next time for a better life.